Aye, and we're back in the room again. This is Frieda Morrison. Welcome to Scots Radio. And despite the snar, we're back on the journey that takes us through the cultural ongangs of the country. And fit ongangs there has been. But afore I tell you more about that, let me introduce us soon softer. The man that steers this programme through the snowdrifts and skitey roads. Welcome, Richie Werner. Hi, hi. <laughs> and fit skitey roads we have seen, You're Richie. Really kidding. What's this about uh, steering the programme through other snow? It's like I've got a kind of skidoo that I kind of <laughs> take the show through. <laughs> oh, but what's it been like in the tune? We've been out in the country you know, amongst the blizzards. bad. It was bad. And it's usually not that bad here, but um, I was fighting it with a pram and mm-hmm. couldn't get it anyway. I still managed to get the baby off to sleep, so all that right. was all right. But, I was just in the ditch once with my car. My ad, <laughs> not just me. But I was tugged out by my farming neighbours. Far would we oh. be a foot farming neighbour. A neighbour with a tractor, eh? Aye, here a neighbour with a tractor. Thank you, Dal McConnor, for that. Well done, man. And just when we thought it was over, on comes the snag again. Ah, and me about to plant 300 trees, Reggie. Okay, <laughs> it's really <laughs> spring. And You're oh, doing the right thing. My new fence is up. I thought I'll be safe now. Not near ah. snag to come. I well, hope it's not coming down when you're planting. Ah, oh, Ken. It will so, be. Does that mean it's going to happen? 300 trees. 300 trees. How big's your garden? It's <laughs> <laughs> not quite a garden. A couple of acres. That's me like an estate. Okay, well. <laughs> on why? On with the programme. In this episode, we hear about a new forum set up to look after the rich culture of the Northeast, the Northeast Scots Language Board. We're at the world's first performance of Handel's Messiah in Doric. And the unveiling of a new, beautiful Pictish design Stanenstein. We're at the planting of the stone for Fortiviat in Perthshire. And we go through the time machine. A time machine, Richie. Into a new app Whoa. for the A9. Ah, that and music. Starting with this track for Trail West. This is Rescattered Mastered. Hadgarn.
Ucha. That was Trail West with Rescattered Master. That'll blow away your fusty bits. Now, over the course of a year, a wee groupios were, were meeting to discuss the setting up of a, a body that would look after the rich language and culture of the northeast of Scotland. The fuller folk were Dr Tom McKean, director of the Elphinstone Institute, Aberdeen University, Professor Peter Reid from Robert Gordon University, Andrew Ritchie, Education Department, Aberdeenshire Council, and me, myself, from my own media background. So we spoke long and hard about speaking and other things, and for this new forum would represent the North East, hoping that a, a new appointed body of folk would not only speak about speaking, but get things done. So just before the launch of the new board at the King's College Conference Centre, the Aberdeen University, the forums gathered together again to gain over some of the main focus points of the new forum. First, Tom, on the vision for the new North East Scots Language Board. Well, I hope the board can promote the use of Doric in places that it's not usually found and people sometimes feel uncomfortable speaking it in certain places, certainly it's about the North East. Uh, but if they can find that it's acceptable to use their own tongue or their acquired tongue of Doric in the university, in business, in work, in the media, um, I think Abadie's richer for it. Right, there's Raymond's going to say, if it's a point, it's deed, Peter. It's nae deed. Last year I was out at Inveralachie in Cairnbulg and I saw hosts of Burns um, absolutely engaged we speaking, enthusiastic about the Doric. That's the next generation. We may have lost some words, but there's a huge momentum out there amongst native Doric speakers and new Scots to keep it alive and to celebrate it. Right, what's going to happen in the education world, Andrew? What's your hopes? Well, my hopes uh, would be that the vision that Tom and Peter have just uh, explained is able to be carried out across uh, education. Education's got a key role to play in how we tuck forward the language and the educational role and the development of the cultural role is really, really important. And being devil's uh, advocate here, but is it just purely something that is looked upon for sentimental reasons, Peter? No, I think it's right at the heart of how people in the North East see themselves and see the region. I think it's part of the heritage, I think it's part of the sense of identity, of place, of belonging, and I think that is something that we can actually use proactively as we, we go forward, attracting visitors, telling the story of our region. It's about economic gains and economic development, it's about education for the future. It's not just sentimentally harking back to a farmer's park in Buchan. Tom, final word. For me, it's about cultural self-confidence, people feeling comfortable the way they speak, the way they feel, the way they think, and as they go out in the world feel, feeling uh, confident that they have strong roots and they can go anywhere in the world with that. They're bilingual, it's an extra skill, it's an extra way of thinking, it's an extra, extra perspective on the world that being bilingual gives you. Okay, so we can just bring on the launch, Loons, bring on the launch. And into the conference centre at King's College we went. Around 150 folk gathered there for this historic occasion. All the acquaintances were rekindled, addresses and emails were exchanged, and then into the lecture theatre we did to hear the keynote address by Billy Kay. And Iona Fife reading the winning poem written to commemorate the day, poem written by John Boland, a cracker. And after the welcomes and the scene settings, within the space of a couple of hours, the new board, the North East Scots Language Board, Nestleby, had been launched. Indeed, a historic occasion. I, it was the event that was the focus, but the important bit for me was the strength of feeling in that room. A feeling that we wanted this to work, and we a goodwill and a false sail and a flowing wind will get things done. As Derek McClure says at the iNoise article on the Scots Language Centre website, CAD, The Mother Tongue, Derek says, We must speak it, sing it, teach it to your bairns. I and Garor parliamentarians stack tent out for by. Scots is our mother tongue, and gin we dinna look after it, there's nebdy gan to look after it for us. Couldn't have put it any better than that, Derek. Ta for that. Now I've thought long and hard about fit song or instrumental to follow that. 
And there is only one appropriate. This is Jim Reed singing, The Wild Geese. Oh, tell me if it was on your road, the roar Norman went. As ye come blind from the land, that's never from my mind. My feet travel England, but I'm dying for the north. My man, I saw the cellar tides Ran up the first of I went again and will a new And find a fun rise And fain I'd feel the creeping nest On yonder shore that lies But tell me as you passed them by, but saw he on the way. My man a rock the roving gulls that sail up in the tea. But saw he nothing leaning went before you come to fife. There's muckle lying yon the day that's mere to me in her life. My man I swept the youngest brace that ye henna trod for years. Oh, wind for a aimless loon that canna see for tears. And far abend the youngest strats I saw the wild geese flee. A long, long skin of beaten wings With their heads toward the sea And I their crying voices trail A handsome on the air Oh, and hey, mercy had your wished For a darnel of The late, great Jim Reed with the Wild Geese. Words by Violet Jacob, music by Jim, and the album I Yaunt the Tay, produced by Dr. Fred Freeman, recorded by Peter Haig at Pierhus, assisted by one Richard Werner, it says on the sleeve notes. <laughs> Richie, at you. That was a much younger Richard Werner, a wee loon. Assisted by the wee loon Richard Werner. Oh, those years ago. Happy memories. Aye. And just as it say happens, it was maybe the first step in the new journey for the North East, started on the 10th of March, a wee file you for that. Oh, Let me recap, right? There's been a lot of hatching of plans up yonder, Richie. Oh, a lot that? of hatching, aye, go on, so on. But a few weeks ago, a plan was hatched between Dr Tom McKean, director of the Alphaston, that manny again, he's the chief hatcher, uh-huh. and Aberdeen University, of course he comes from, and international composer and conductor, Professor Paul Miller, music department at Aberdeen University, to perform Handel's Messiah in the northeast Scots, or Doric, as it's often called up here. They asked the retired solicitor for alongside Gordon Hay to translate Handel's words into Doric. And that's that he did. So, on the 10th of March, 87 singers gathered in St. Macher's Cathedral, Aberdeen, to perform extracts for the Messiah in Doric. So, just to remind us who the day was going to be panning out, I spoke to Paul Miller about the plan that was going to happen. Yeah, 10th of March, we've got a, a come and sing day in which we are going to take the Messiah um, by Handel and with new words done by Gordon Hay, we're going to sing it in Doric. First time that's ever been done. So anyone can come along and sing. You turn up at 11 o'clock at the McRobert Building, King Street. We get together, we learn the music, we learn the words and we try and make some sense out of it. Right. Obvious question, Paul. 
Do you speak Doric? No, I don't speak Doric. I, uh, I've, I've learned, I've been here 15 years, and I picked okay. it up. Um, I'm, I'm Welsh, so I mean, I speak Welsh, and there's no connection between those two. Um, but it does make me open. I speak a number of languages, you're open. Because I think more, Doric more of a language than a dialect, to be honest. Um, and so uh, it's been really fun working with Gordon and Tom from the Elphinstone Institute on this project. Professor Paul Miller introducing it was to Dark Place before the choir performed extracts for the Messiah in Doric at St. Machus Cathedral in Aberdeen. More on that in a minute. Now, during the rehearsals, I spoke first to the translator Gordon Hay, out in the cathedral doorway, or the nave. For was the day gone? Well, in any of the choruses in the Messiah, the word wonderful comes out. Winnerfe. And that's just what the whole thing is. It's winnerfe. I could see the smile on your face when you were sitting on a listening table. I was a wee bit apprehensive as to how the Messiah would work in Doric, but as the day has progressed, it has just got better and better, and the folk that are singing are mainly Doric speakers, and they're just delighted to be doing this in their own language. Oh, so they are Doric speakers? About half are Doric, uh, maybe more than half are Doric, but there's, there's some folk for Kent, and there's some folk for the border, and there's some folk for Glasgow. And but there's a, there's a big proportion of them are Doric speakers. Did, was there a sticky point, Dan? No, no, so nothing. you've been rehearsing, nothing. you've been doing this all afternoon. Dean, it's 11 o'clock this morning, this morning and it's now about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. That hasn't been them long. No, ah, but we're only doing excerpts, we're not doing the whole thing, you see. Right, tell me the words that they're singing in the Hallelujah Chorus. Hallelujah is an international word. Oh. But I thought if we just sing Hallelujah, it's not going to be Doric. No. So the word that I thought of was God bethunk it. So we have alternated God bethunk it. So we start with God bethunk it, hallelujah, God bethunk it. And so we alternate them all the way through. So what do you say after that? What do we say after that? Well, the, the problem with the hallelujah chorus has got lots of words that are the same in Doric as are in English. Oh. So it's... Uh, for the Lord God our poorfe rowls his. A kingdom of us warl has turned out a kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will rowl for ever and ever. God bethink it. Sounds just, it sounds just... It sounds very powerful. It's poorfe and it's, it's natural. You could tell with the singers that but we're then, it. <clears throat> enjoying it. We're dealing with the words of the authorised version. The English words are the authorised version of the Bible. And they can really be translated into any language and still be powerful. You've had experience of this as well. I've had experience of that with translating the Bible into Doric. Give some right. of your quotations. Just so folk can get it. In fact, give a burst of song yourself. Well, the, 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 the tenor would start, if uh, I find it, by singing something like, Herten ye, herten ye, my ain folk. Herten ye, herten ye, my hen folk. It sounds bonny. It sounds bonny. Even if I'm singing it. It sounded bonny, you singing it. And it's just, it's fitted into place. It is. And we're really lucky in here Paul Miller because he, he's a Welshman. Aye. So English is... They're quite a foreign language term, but he's used to dealing with language. He's and he's just Dennis in hand, nay bother it's ever. I think fit the point is that far hour long Doric has been looked on as a language of comedy. Mm-hmm. If somebody speaks in Doric, it's to be laughing at. But this is to prove that it can be a serious language and all, and it works well in serious situations. I think you've summed it up for an awful lot of folk. I blame Walter Scott. For did he do? In his novels, he had his low life speaking mm-hmm. Scots. Ah. And mainly for comic effect. Or Doric. So this is what I would say is a historic occasion, Gordon. Oh, I think it is. I think it is. It makes it awful proud. It is. It is. Well, I'm looking forward to the performance tonight. Good. Big audience coming. Aye. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. I'll we'll enjoy it. And you're going to raise the rafters and oh, see my better Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Right, thanks, Gordon. We'll let you get back. Right. Thank you.
it was it like singing in the, the Doric Messiah? A wee bit of a chav at times, Aye. but on the whole, interesting. Tell me what it was like to sing the Messiah in Doric. It was a real treat, so it was. When Abbey Rune Boutis was saying all the same words that I can, and when it was put to the music, and you thought, I'm really enjoying this, can So on with the event. The audience gathered for the performance at 6.30 as scheduled. The choir was ready. And the anticipation was immense. Robert Lovey gave the welcome speech on behalf of the Dean of the University, for happens to be Camilla, Duchess of Cornwall. For insisted Robert read out her congratulations in Doric. And that Dean, the performance began. And it was indeed something of value. I didn't think there was a dry eye in the place. So after the performance, I spoke to broadcaster Robbie Shepherd and Robert Lovey. First Robert, putting the event in perspective. Gentlemen, uh, come in a boot. Oh, we're in a boot. We're in a boot, aye. Technical term, come yeah, in a come boot. Come in a boot, aye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> never, That's never, real production uh, terms, aren't Frida? Production terms, <laughs> Robert, just you first. Uh, can I just sum me up with the significance of the night? I thought it was just one of the most special nights I've been at in a long time. We all do our bit to preserve the Doric, but tonight has broken down some barriers and really put the Doric up in a new light because I think sometimes, you know, our Doric gets played down, fun it should be played down, and tonight it was put up into its place. I hope that they take what they have done tonight and grow on it and take it out and about and let people see that you can do other things with local dialects like the Doric, which are amazingly special to so many folk. Robbie. I thought it was a marvellous night. I, I really did. And it's, it's in the next few generations, they'll look back on this and just say, this was an archive, the start of something different. It was really great. Just when a start, you, isn't it? You mm-hmm. heard, yeah, it's, it's just a start. But I mean, if you look back to, to Charles Murray and J.C. Milne, in their days, they did great work, mm. absolutely great work for the Doric. But that man, Gordon Hay, mm. I mean, he, meters, he didn't just have to do the poetry, he had to do the poetry to match the, the actual music going along. That's not an easy task. Yeah, an easy task. Can, I mean, you could say the gas is green and over the how, but you might be saying, cut that down a wee bit, you know. You can't, you can't as well as me that there's been folk for generations kind of decrying the, the, the language and saying or prophesying it's coming to an end, it's going to do. <laughs> Is it going to deal I was told that, and I re- well remember at a special, it was a, um, a quiz night. No, no, it was a forum. Right. And a certain farming gentleman, a uh, friend of mine, going back a long time, says, No, you're best, you're right. Doric's deed, Doric's deed. And we had to argue that on stage. I mind that very night, Robbie, uh, and you defended it greatly. Yeah, because, uh, you know, he said, you know, I, I remember the person shall remain nameless, uh, but... It's Nadid, and it's nights like tonight that prove once again it's Nadid. It's alive and kicking and thriving, and along with that, continue. You can you're going to get the other question is, but why bother if it's just a minority language? Why bother we? What do you, what, what do you mean a minority language? Not at all. It's not a minority I, language at all. Yeah, no, no, it's not, Robbie. Because I think in backing up that Robbie's saying here, it's not a minority language. It's used and spoken by thousands of folk every day. That, un, that naturally use it and all the rest of it. Tonight was really natural kind of in this room to hear it, but uh-huh. it was unique too. So uh-huh. blending that whole lot together and putting in the port and steering top is just amazing. But it just bracks down the barriers, Frida, once again, to say that our Doric is in good footing for the future. So has uh, it got a future? Uh, uh, absolutely. I, I back up what Robert says just now. You go around, or you're in the bus, and listen to conversation. Oh, you're out in the country and just and and then and then you play it back to them. You know, I said, you can They're speaking their natural tongue. Maybe not as broad as some of them, uh, but they're speaking their natural tongue. And the more it's encouraged, the more it will be done. Merit folk realise it. We are spigot. Oh, and we're right. having a Dina, so no, 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 no. In fact, it's Dina's the power of good. You know, and, and, and language is so key to who we are in the Northeast. Yep. And, you know, we're special kind of folk, we're thran kind of folk, but my goodness me, when you hear that tonight, we've got something in our dialect that is incredibly good to be proud of.
be thanked. Hallelujah. And fit an event that was. I'm still in that memory. And you can see our video with snippets of the event on our Scots Radio webpage, www.scotsradio.com, and enjoy it. Thank you to STV for their help and support. This is Alistair Fraser and Paul Machlis for Kregelachie Brig and Largo's Fairy Dance. <laughs> Master Fraser and Paul Marklis, we Kergelachie Brig and Largo's Fairy Dance. Now speeding on our journey, this time to Highland Perthshire and the wee village of Fertiviet. On the 17th of March, a new contemporary Pictish steen cross was unveiled in Fertiviet. The stone was carved by David McGovern, Femaniki, and was commissioned by T. Landscape Partnership to celebrate Fertiviet's link with history and the birth of medieval Scotland and Kenneth MacAlpine. King of the Picts, far founded the dynasty. This area is kent as the cradle of Scotland, and this new steen befits this majestic history. It is stunning. Before the official opening, I spoke to the carver, David McGovern, beside the steen, amidst the squally shores of snar, and heard more about the steen for Fertiviet. First, a wee bit about Fertiviet itself. Well, Fertiviet is a very ancient place. It was a palace of Kenneth MacAlpin. So, you know, it has been a very, very important place in the past. And, uh, you know, it's a quiet wee village now, but this place was the centre of the Pictish world in the, you know, eight, the 850s. And it became the centre of Sc- the start of Scotland, didn't it? It, it does. Kenneth MacAlpin is, is often called the first king of the Picts and the Scots. He wasn't. He, he was, uh, that was probably his grandson, uh, Constantine. Uh, but Kenneth is the founder of this dynasty. And he certainly, we know that he was uh, Rex Pictorum. He was styled Rex Pictorum, so he was the king of the Picts. But there is also a theory that he was the king of the Dalriat and Scots two years before that. So the kingdoms do come together, but this is still called uh, Pictland, and he's still called Rex Pictorum. So this idea of the Scots and the Picts coming together starts with him. Right, the stone 
Well, it's not the first stone here, is it? So there are five fragments in the kirk uh, across the way there, but there was the Invermay Cross, the Dublin Cross, of course, very, very famous yeah, cross. That's the one I was thinking um, of. Aye, and, and, and these probably um, set out the royal estate. Yeah, so at some point they would have been very, very important parts of the landscape. So we are standing now right beside <laughs> the new stone. We're standing right beside the new Fortivier Cross. Let's describe it. It's nine foot tall. It's about two tons. It's, uh, so we start at the top with some key pattern um, that's directly lifted from a stone at Iona. So this is uh, very suggestive of the, the fact that Kenneth couldn't have become king uh, without the influence of the Ionian church. Um, on either side we've got cross arms that have uh, 12 pellets, a very Northumbrian style uh, of carving from the time, and the 12 pellets represent the 12 apostles. And these are lifted directly from fragments that are in St Andrew's Kirk across the road. Okay, now the middle, the centre bit, little swirly bits which are absolutely beautiful. That's what quite bonny, isn't it? Well, this is taken, it's based on uh, a stone at Aberlemno. It's also based on the centre of the cross at Neg in the Highlands. But it's also, there are equivalents uh, across Europe at the time. And there may be something in the fact that there are seven spirals and each seven contain three elements. So seven times three, the, you know, the number seven, the number three, the number 21, all seem to have some significance. And um, under in, that, you've got the salt oil. Two salt tires. Two salt tires, yeah. Well, two nations coming together, so I've carved them slightly differently. Uh -huh. uh, but these, uh, you know, I, 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 didn't, uh, I didn't invent these. These are on the fragments uh, of a cross shaft that's in St Andrew's Kirk across the road. And down below, the hounds protecting the whole thing. The two sight hounds. The Aye. two sight hounds. Yeah, so these are, these are lifted uh, by me from uh, a stone at Meagle. Um, so the idea is it's a reliquary base. There would have been a relic of some saint or other uh, in the Kirk across the way. Um, so the reliquary base was important. The knotwork on the reliquary base uh, is taken quite playfully from uh, one of the fragments uh, in the church. And the two sight hounds are really uh, sentinel animals uh, gazing up the cross. Now and behind the hounds here, can we just nip behind and have a look at this? Because it's not all in the front of the, the stone, is it? Who's this on horseback? So it, it, the stone is carved in the style of a Pictish cross slab and all the Pictish cross slabs, what we used to call class two yeah. uh, monuments, have a cross on one side uh, and more secular sort of imagery on the other. Um, so what we've got here, the central figure is Kenneth McAlpin. Yep. And this is the only monument to Kenneth McAlpin anywhere in the world. So Kenneth rides uh, on horseback. He's got a sword that's modelled on the Gorton sword in the National Museum which I think is a Pictish sword. Beautiful. It's marked as in the National Museum as Norse, but I'm claiming it as Pictish. Okay, we'll claim it's Pictish. The eagle is based on a stone at uh, Elgin. Uh -huh. uh, so it's a very regal symbol, and it's, it, it, it's symbolic of his uh, ability to launch attacks against the Norsemen. Right? Now, Kenneth appears in history out of pretty much nowhere. Right? Uh -huh. There's a battle in the northeast where the king of the Picts and his heir and the king of the Dalriatan Scots and his heir are all killed at the same time. Um, a couple of years later, this guy Kenneth McAlpin appears and he's now king of this territory. Aye. So the two guys at the top uh, represent uh, claimant houses, rival claimants. Uh -huh. Guys he's defeated in effect. And the, uh -huh. the, the message of the stone is that they ride with him now. Right, underneath him, the eagle. Again, very Pictish eagle. And the eagle's cantling uh, a raven, a Norse raven. So the raven's not defeated. If you look at it, it's still defiant. Mm -hmm. They try to get the look of a defiant animal. So although it's on the ground, it's a bit like fighting with your wee brother, you know, that you know that as soon as you get up, he's going to come for you, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's the idea. And then at the bottom, we've got St. Cerf uh, defeating the dragon using his staff at Dunning, which would have been a very uh, well-known uh, local legend. Right. When was the last time, well, I'll put that in another way, just put this in context, the historic significance of the stone, please, David. Okay. In your own words. <laughs> well, it's the first full-size Pictish cross slab. New design, carved in Scotland in a thousand years. Wow. Well, it looks beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you, Frida. And it's freezing. You're freezing. You're, turn you're turning blue. I'm turning blue. <laughs> <laughs> David McGovern at the unveiling of the stone for Fertiviet. And I needed to follow that with something very majestic. And this is one of my all-time favourite tunes, written by Jenna Reed of Blazing Fiddles. This is Jenna taking the lead in Gamekeeper's Cottage.
Isn't that just beautiful? Blazing fiddles from the CD North, and that tune again was Gamekeeper's Cottage by Jenna Reed. New but new, Richie. Aye. Are you a fan of Stargate sci-fi programmes? Stargate sci-fi programmes? Do you remember Stargate? Have you ever been through I do the recall gate? Stargate. Aye. Now they go through a sci-fi gate into a new universe. Ah, that's right. And it was like a kind of mystical aye. stain. Aye. goes kind of fuzzy and things. Sort of jump through now, in your eye. This is <laughs> we're about to, to do. What? And yes, we... Not again! After, after we thought we were in a different universe with everybody else. So, I am about to talk you. Through the Stargate, with the help of a new app that doesn't only tell you about the songs and the stories of an area as you drive through it, but it tells you about a lot more for boy. This is mega. This is 21st century cultural tourism, Reggie. <laughs> 21st century cultural Oi. tourism, Reggie. And it's the invention of Ian McNeil, MD of Where Everly, a new company founded about a year and a half ago to make cultural tourism apps for Scotland. Oh. And they've just launched an app for the A9 card Highland Discovery. So I'll leave Ian to tell us more and escort us through the gate into the app. I think we've made it to, to be as easy as possible. So if you just want to listen to music, you can go to our channel section and we've, we've created a nice categories such as piping, Gaelic music, Jacobite music, ghost stories, uh, or you can use it in location, so travelling along the A9. So we've created uh, some really simple almost surface lots of amazing hidden gems together so we've got we've got historical sites we've got undiscovered sort of nature we've got lots of nice ways for for people to discover the hidden gems that are available you've got in front of you here you've got your phone and you've brought up the Berkshaw Aberfeldy Mm -hmm. that comes into the nature interest folk they want to see something about the environment they're passing through yeah tell us if it's, if it's on there Ian. what what we know is people they don't know what they don't know so uh, everything is we try to make it as accessible as possible so if you want to go to the Berks Aberfeldy you can look at the map you can learn a little bit more about the history you can see the photographs of the Berks Aberfeldy oh wow but what you can do is, you'll see there's a, a, a big orange filter uh, tab. Uh-huh. If you click on the tab, people might be interested in, or oh, it could be history and heritage. Then you can see all the historical sites that are around the Berks Aberfeldy. So you can see that you could potentially go to Castle Menzies. You might be interested in going to St Mary's Church with its wonderful roof. Because what we found out, when people go for a day out, they don't go for just one thing. They want to know what else is around there. So we can bring in, we've got lots of categories. So you can look for arts and culture, attractions, distilleries, or it could even be food and drink. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see what's around the Berks Aberfeldy to actually plan a really wonderful day right. out. Say that uh, here I am, I'm a tourist for America, and I want to hear... A story killer. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm driving through past Dunkeld, somewhere like that. Or, I mean, again, you've got plans to do this. I was Scotland, but we're uh-huh. just using this as an example. Anyway. Yeah. Say I wanted to, to hear a, a storyteller. For how would I get it in that? Mm. Bring up something. Well, Jess Smith, because Jess has been in the programme near that long ago. Yeah. So let, let's go into. Uh, I've just selected uh, ghost stories of the Highlands, uh, and we'll select the, the Witch of Money from Jess Smith. Mm-hmm. So that should be starting to play. stories of a woman called Kate McNiven who was burned as a witch. They say they, they even rolled her body wow. down the hill. There's lots and lots yeah, of... There's Jess! <laughs> OK, another one. Fidel's good here. A song this time. Yeah, uh, well, what I'll do is I'll change the channel and I'll change it. I'll play one of my favourite songs. I'll go to the Jacobite song channel. Mm-hmm. Johnny, Johnny Cope, Cope uh, which is a wonderful song. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a great resource. It's a great resource, and I think by working with a lot of the, you know, the, the cultural community that's keeping the, the living traditions alive, we've made the app free for everyone to download. So, so there's, I think, eighty songs, uh, well, hundred plus songs. There's eighty stories, uh, and anyone can download this and access all this great, wonderful content. So you go for stories, songs. What else mm-hmm. have you got on there? Yeah. Uh, we've got stories, songs, uh, they're probably our two key audio categories, but we want to build up in the future to have, it, it could be the history of the local places. Okay, go through the steps. 
who the folk download the app or get hold of the app? The first step is you simply go to uh, Apple iTunes, mm-hmm. search for Highland Discovery if you've got a, a, an iPhone, and that will bring up our app, and you just click to download it as a normal app. If you've got an Android phone, you go onto the Google Play Store and search for Highland Discovery, and it'll bring up our app, and you simply download it. Then you just enjoy the audio, or if you're going to go to the location, the Highlands, you can actually use it uh, and use it within your your car. So when you're playing the the audio, uh, you connect it through Bluetooth or an audio jack to your in-car sound system, and as you're driving, the music will change and the audio will change and the stories will change to where you are. Does it change in the middle of a story, though? No, we would never break a story or never do that. As one of the, it's, if you can imagine having a playlist that's prioritising itself, so it's kind of shuffling in the background mm-hmm. as you're travelling. So as you're listening to your song, if there's a really interesting piece of... Uh, uh, an interesting story to the area you're in it'll get prioritised as a story to be played next so it's very politely shuffles the playlist so we never break a story but you always get the, the, the relevant content when it's available OK, this is a daft question right? Tell <laughs> you somebody that is uh, discovering the world of apps I'm just here and I'm like a lot of folk just really enjoying the discovery and the journey but how does it ken far I am if I'm driving up the A9? Well, we, we decided to make this technology or platform available to every everyone and everywhere in Scotland. So it works offline. So we use the GPS uh, location ah. within the app. Uh, even without having a mobile internet connection, you can use GPS. So people can download our maps, they can download our audio and they can enjoy the experience, but they don't have to worry about either not having a data package or get into an area of poor mobile internet connectivity. And it just uses a GPS, which is always available for for the vast majority of places in Scotland. Ian McNeil, and I can tell you this is going to revolutionise cultural tourism in this country. Will Dean Yorn lad, Richief de Macalone. I think it's incredible. Incredible? I'm I'm gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. Imagine having that on your phone and you're Uh. going about and it's... Can you just get these things popping up? And it's uh, I like the fact that it doesn't cut off something that you're already doing. You might be ten mile up the road, but, but it's it cool because it's a whole new bunch of stuff. Uh, genius. That can be meant. Yeah, what I need is an app to get rid of lurgies and kind of sear throats <laughs> and chest infections and that kind of Well, that tucks us into the end of this program and for the journey we've been on up the A9 and Awa. So we're about to sit silent in the corner for a while so as we catch breath. Richie, we had a lot going on. A lot going on. But for new, and all that new has to offer, we finish, we attract the Alistair Fraser and that may house, sticking kinder to the northeast theme with Alistair's roots. This is the Jig Runrig and the Ramney Cayley. Richard Werner has been himself, and I've tried to be Freedom Morrison. <laughs> Bye, Bye, new! new.